I'm curious why. I want to know why um, having that conversation could be, I, I, I agree, very uh, provocative, but talking about uh, a multiracial identity, um, the conversation, everybody say my biracial, everybody say multiracial, um, it was originally biracial, I changed it, um, started to, um, started a few arguments um, with folks who felt that they weren't welcomed in that conversation. Um, but I'd like you to join me with questions that you might have. So who does this conversation benefit? I'm hoping that in any time that I have available to have this conversation now or in the future, that I, um, I hope that I can benefit um, young children, maybe even um, their adult parents, uh, with um, growing around the, the idea of having conversations about identity or having an evolution of understanding identity. Um, I think that right now that's an important conversation to have and with some, um, with some folks that I know who are raising um, multiracial children, I don't know that there are so many spaces where they get to have that conversation. Um, I don't know if I will be that person for the person in your life, but um, maybe this conversation can help you and you take it where you want to go. Um, some people have contacted me and said, I want you to get in touch with a niece, a, a cousin, da 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 It's more in the um, in service of, I would like to help you. You and I obviously have a connection. I would like to help you work a little, do a little work on that, maybe even just have that conversation today or just feel like that's possible. And then you can go wherever you want with that understanding and, and grow with that. But I don't know that um, I necessarily have to... Um, be directly involved. I think it's more for you to get to a place where you can kind of, um, you know, fish on your own kind of thing. Did I just make a biblical reference? Okay. Um, I, I, that goes back to some meditation that happened earlier. Anyway, I want to, I have some notes and I'm trying, trying, trying not to talk too much and talk too fast or curse. <laughs> I think that one thing um, I want to say is if there are folks who do not um, feel comfortable sharing today, um, I do want to welcome conversations that are private, but I think that having conversations publicly is really important um, because I think that it gives a lot of people um, language around some things that they're maybe, um, maybe not, not, uh, really um, articulate in it's. It, I, I've, I've always found that when people start to kind of talk up here and talk very academically, it, it gets the conversation moving away from um, some things that make much more logical sense. Um, and people are right now, I feel very emotional, and I, I think that it's really um, important to act with love, but act on the side of logic and balancing those things out. But when we do that um, with um, an emphasis of academic language that's very distancing a lot of the time, and especially when we're talking about um, something that we should be able to talk to children about. We need to bring the language um, to a level of understanding that, that everybody can access. Um, so 
if there are children ever watching this that are four to six, I might curse, I'll say that. So maybe that's not the right idea, but maybe you have language that's, um, to, that's better to communicate with the people that you love around this, um, this conversation. So the objective just today, um, goodness gracious, I, I talk, um, is to talk about race and how that could or could not be something that you want to have a conversation about. Um, I want to begin that conversation with ourselves first. Work on yourselves. Don't start running around talking to your neighbors about their identities when you haven't done work on your own behalf. So do the work on you. Um, then do not assume that everyone else has been doing that work when you start to run around and have a conversation with your family. Um, some of us have found, I feel very recently, that having conversations um, where we're looking for a level playing field is kind of shaky right now. So have that conversation um, with patience and understanding and love, I guess. Um, and then ultimately it's to have that conversation with children. Um, I know that in my... Um, my upbringing, and I, I feel like some people do need me to have that conversation first at the forefront, because I feel like some questions are coming in asking me to define that first. Um, in my household, I was raised by um, a white-identified woman in a, a wonderful town uh, that was completely white. Um, in my home, um, it was anti-racist. I feel that my mother did make um, very many attempts as a as a white woman, um, with her experience, her limited experience of what it meant to be black and what it meant to be African, did a marvelous job of um, instilling that um, recognition and appreciation within me. Um, and for realness' sake, there's something going on outside there, so you might hear some things. But um, uh, uh, so I might get distracted. But um, I think that um. One of the things that we want to talk about, because some folks um, that have approached me to talk about it seem to be having these conversations within their family, within their home, within their household, with their children, but they um, are concerned because they are not, um, they cannot be as um, secure with that conversation happening outside the home. Of course not. So let's start with the home. Um, I'm curious, I want to ask everyone a question. How do you racially identify? I asked this question and I heard crickets. I heard a lot of people um, respond back with um, more wondering about the question or um, wonderings about um, the parameters of that question. Um, it's all language. So I'm just curious what your language is for how you identify. Um, in, oh, I love the, I love the comments. If I start to read the comments, you're just going to see me cross-eyed staring at the screen. Um, I, w as a child, I remember introducing myself, um, and I was constantly asked, who are you? And I was constantly asked to, um, explain myself because my name is Irish um, my first and last name, and I um, do am not perceived as being Irish. <laughs> uh, for a long period of my life, I, I uh, got a kick out of that, and I would say I'm black Irish and kind of um, give people a little tongue-in-cheek answer. Um, when I was younger, I would um, identify as um, 
um, black and Irish. And then when I started becoming asked on census questions, I believe in grade school, I started feeling more comfortable answering other. And I remember that was so difficult for me going back and forth, but that's a cliche um, conversation to have at this point, um, but it's real. Um, but I remember being so relieved to find other, but then finding that even within identifying as other, there were even more questions, right? Um, Later on, I remember, I think it was in college where the, the questions became a little bit more um, specific. Um, and then I wanted to represent everything. Um, and I think that that probably around college when I did start to um, travel outside of my country was when I started to recognize that it wasn't enough for me to say two countries that I didn't have a relationship with, but I had to really identify myself um, in in terms of the American experience of blackness, too. Um, so asking the question, how do you identify, is so layered for people. And I love that people are so readily responding to that because that's so problematic in so many spaces. I know that that, um, that response can be tailored to the environment that you're in, too. If anyone right now is live and wants to talk about that question, like, Hit, I think there's something that you hit on here. I see you. I'm not saying names. Um, but I, I, I want to have this conversation. Why is it so difficult to answer the question, how do you racially identify? Um, is it because that's in there, there's an evolution, it's a process, um, because it's limited to understanding? Um, it's limited to language? What do you, what do you think? I'm curious. Oh, yeah, and the language changes too, right? Like I remember um, being feeling very, um, feeling iffy about African-American because I actually felt that that was, yeah, like, duh. <laughs> my father is from uh, Sierra Leone, West Africa, um, and my mother is um, Irish-American. Um, yeah, seems redundant. Um, but anyway, um, I want to continue this conversation when we're talking about um, when your home is anti-racist. And I am very curious to, I know some folks who will be seeing this and who are joining now are educators. Um, and I'm curious what you're coming across as far as um, what's possible to do with young children around um, claiming identity. Um, in all the ways that looks. Um, I'm having this conversation on behalf of um, your racial identity and uh, uh, the evolution of that. Um, but that would include lots of other things too. But then I want to talk about when the home is anti-racist, um, but when every place else is not. And that was the next question. Um, so I want to shift perspectives, I suppose. And I, I do actually have like a whole setting. Hold on, I have a scene change. Stay with me. I have a scene change. Because I knew I needed to do, I knew I needed to change things up to keep it interesting for myself. <laughs> Hold on. You're coming with me, okay? Okay. All right. So outside the home, um, 
I want to, we will be together in this conversation for only about 10 more minutes. And I feel um, like there are so many more questions and so many more conversations that we could have. And I do want to have that. So I want to encourage you, if you have not, to put your email into the comments so that we could continue this conversation um, at a later date. And now let's go back. Um, classrooms and other spaces of microaggression. When when you send me your email, I want to send a link to something that I wrote, um, I think two years ago, um, that was about microaggressions in the classroom when I was growing up. Um, they took place in fifth grade. Um, so that is exactly who I am thinking about when opening this conversation. The idea that we could send a young person, a, a person who is possibly supported at home in claiming their racial identity, um, possibly getting supportive, positive messages about what it means to be multiracial, what it means to incorporate rather than exclude in their identity. Um, what does that look like when that person is outside of our controlled home, our space, um, when when something else happens. And this, I feel like, is when we can open the door for a lot of my friends who said, I don't identify as black or I don't identify as a, a person of mixed race. Can I join this conversation? Oh, my God. I should have said that at the beginning. Yes. Oh, my God. We need you in this conversation. It's a community. We, we need each other here. Um, but I'm concerned for two individuals and they're in that piece that's why I want to send you that that um the thing that I wrote in that situation was a, a young girl myself um who is coming from a supportive home but in um a microaggression with an authority figure for the first time at 11 10 and the white ally um oh goodness yes my gay husband wants to be in the conversation um, that's the only person that could interrupt my train of thought. I'm trying to connect right now to um, Mr. Kaz Alexander, and of course he is wearing pink. Welcome. Hi. So, I, 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 um, I want, I, introduce yourself, Kaz, because I know you, I love you, long time, um, but I want everyone to know um, your voice and where it's coming from, location-wise, emotionally, whatever. Um, oh, I saw a little heart. That was cute. Uh, so I'm Kaz. I'm Marit's friend um, and colleague, right? Mm -hmm. um, we actually have worked together, uh, I think, a couple of times. Um, native New Yorker. Uh, he, him, his. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's weird when, when 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 you have to like identify and you're like all the things, all the things. Yeah, I mean, like, all the things that I'm like I already know. Um, um, gay, black, blackity black, black. Yeah. Um, but also like mixed. <laughs> mm -hmm. Black. Mm-hmm. Happy to be black. And do you find that? Um, so, I was just talking about. Um, spaces where you have a child who's supported at home 
um, and they go into spaces where they're, this is my concern, the people in authority who a child could interact with who are not going to support those things and the, the allies that could come out of that situation or not, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Well, you said something earlier that sort of like, um, that sparked me a little bit just about like experience of experiences of my microaggressions. And I feel like I haven't even examined those like, but I know that they've shaped me. Yeah. So it's like, you could tell the story about microaggression that you've, that you've experienced. Um, and I might have experienced something similar, but I have never even, you know, the, so you, you, I've never even like re recalled it until you recall it. You register so, that they happened. Yeah. You register that they happened. Yeah, you register they happened and you hold it. And so, like going back to what you were saying about how does uh, when you're you're raised in like an anti-racist home, where you're raised in a home where you're um, taught to like reflect on yourself, but like the world is not reflective, right? The world is not. In some respects, like your 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 past what's happening in front of you or happening around you. And then other times you're like behind because you're like, did I miss something? Um, is this okay? Why is this person talking to me this way? Why is this something that we're not talking about? It's not aligned with with the foundation. Um, mm -hmm. And if it's, if, it's, if it's supported in enough ways, it can be something I feel that is um, momentary and lasting. Mm -hmm. Um, for you, and, for you, yeah, yes. It's 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 one of those things that I feel that um, can tell a child so mm -hmm. about what's possible, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's almost like signaling, you know, this is how mm -hmm. it, this is how it, this works. Mm -hmm. um, Where and also like where you're supposed to be and 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 how you know like I'm I'm glad I'm at the age that I'm at where I'm like okay I'm. I've always been black. I'm black in America. And now like everyone has a, I think everybody has a better register of what that is of like what, what it means to be like, like not black people have a better register of what that is to, to some degree. And obviously not fully, but like, I'm happy that I'm here to see this part of life. Mm -hmm. Cause I've lived so much of life being like, you know, why don't these people understand what's going on with me and my people, but I understand what's going on with them and their people. Mm -hmm. And at right. least now that's registering a little bit, at least for black people, but for people who are biracial. So I come from a very mixed up family. And at this point, all of the next generation of children um, are all like super biracial. Right. <laughs> like, it's like from human level mix. And yeah, so. The exposure is so. Is, is, the exposure I feel can also be misleading. Um, I've experienced. Um, children who it's almost taken for granted because of their exposure to other cultures that they are mm -hmm. taking this into account um what it's teaching them mm -hmm. and that that education isn't available for everyone right but i think it's teaching them that this world isn't is in binary even though many people are not living binary right right this world is very Right. Is it right? It's, or or maybe there's like three three points, right? It's like white, black, and like whatever else you could be. Um, Latino, Hispanic, and X, uh, Asian. Like you're actually like 
somewhere in the spectrum between one thing and the other. And that's where people are, that's what people are being taught is that there's a, is that there's a line as opposed to like a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to identify yourself on the line, right? It's like, I'm biracial. I'm between the two, and, right? But what's the right. two? Right. And, but that's a completely separate space. And within that right. space, there's also a multitude of, uh, you know, shades of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that like we live in the we live in the circle, <laughs> right? Where like there isn't this assumption made that you're one or the other, right? Like, um, I I don't know if I sent you this article. There's an article in the New York Times um, that was written um, uh, maybe two or three weeks ago about like what it means to be the relic of of the South as a black person. I think um, I'm not quoting it very well, but like my my body is a uh, yeah, my uh, yeah, my body is a is a um, monument to to hopefully someone, will, and hopefully someone will tell us what it is so we don't see yeah, it. Like, I can't remember the, I can't remember the title of it, but it's like strong, it's powerful, yes. but it's sort of like I think like I've always lived in that like my body is a monument to all of this other mix um, and uh, stuff that's happened before me. I could look at this. I could look at the the circle that is my community, the people around me, and know that I, I'm I'm not part of a binary, right? Um, or simply part of a binary, but the world is like, are you black, are you white? Right. Are you this, are you that? And which, Those are the truth. No, 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 no. We've gone, we've gone levels. We have. Right. Like, and you live in, I'm sure you have, I know we've talked about this before, but we grew up in a household where we're like at levels, right? Like, we're talking about stuff in like a much more nuanced and complicated way, at least in my household, like having two parents of two different races and, and like, and immigrants and like talking about like what it means to be in the United States at a specific point in time. Like that's the backdrop that I grew up in. I don't know what they was talking about in their households, right. but then, you know, you get from where you get to college, you get to high school, you get wherever. And it's like this or that. And you're like, nah, all of it. And they're like, nah, this or that, over and over and over and over. And I'm like, all right, blackity, black, black. That's what it is. <laughs> that's and, the choice. And, and then, and, and, and see, that's the, it's almost like that's the, um, the time-lapse version. Say that again? It's the time-lapse version, too. Right. Because <laughs> that was, that was not easy getting there, right? And, and like getting to the place where you can answer that question and it not, for me, I'll speak personally mm-hmm. for me. That's what I'll do. For me, when answering that question did not send me down a spiral of self-doubt and, and, and you know, am I accepted here or there? Or, you know, where's my membership card? And also feeling a little bit like any one of those choices would not fully accept 100% of authentic me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But I mean, I grew up, in a, I grew up similarly. I won't say I went down a spiral, but I definitely was like down that first, first corkscrew a couple times. Well, um, I, I am your shadow side, Kevin. <laughs> I am your shadow side. But my mama was like, you know, she's like, you're black, be black, black. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, the world is like, all right, well, here and here and here and here. And then, you know, if you if you grow up in a household where there's a lot of culture, right, you're like, oh, but there's other stuff. But it's like, it don't matter. When you leave this house, 
you're black. <laughs> well, you speak I, English. <laughs> this is what you do in order to be successful or whatever. That's the space where I want to examine where the the young the young identity, the the like blossoming, lots of things had not happened yet, right? Lots of things were still just happening. But my identity was firm. Who I am, the DNA was set, you know? But I went into spaces that had me um, possibly question that or need to wonder if I needed to reword that or have, have one word take precedence over the other or even just well, like the... I have a question for you, though. Because yeah. like we've grown up in a time where like the boxes and the words have changed around us. Like we're formed or maybe we're forming or maybe closer to being formed and like the box changes potentially for you from, from you. I mean, beyond the fact that like you can choose another box, it's like black, African-American, black again. Um, and, and, you know, for our parents and our grandparents, it even looks more complicated. But like, like if you could choose mixed race or biracial and then there's like biracial and then they give you a line like. To be like, honest, it, it, like, like, what would I, like, what would I have like that blank space be? No, like, just where did, like, where, like, how did that make you, how does that make you feel in that, like, that box changes around you, but you're not, I mean, that's my, I'm not changing, it's, but, like, it, the box just changes so with me. strange to me, it's so strange, because I've always felt that it was none of anybody's business, but, <laughs> but it was one of those things that it was kind of like, this is so arbitrary, because it doesn't explain anything. Um, that's what I, that's what I have honestly felt. And maybe that's actually provocative, but especially given the space. But um, I, I had always felt that the fact that it was not easy to answer meant that it probably didn't need to be answered and it needed to be something that I answered and rather than be asked mm -hmm. because the spaces weren't enough. So obviously mm. somebody needed to go back to the drawing board right. because I, could, I couldn't actually, <laughs> you know, like it's like when, my name is long. And in the SATs, you go to put in the bubble letters. Oh, it runs out. It always runs out. <laughs> so do you even give a shit what my name is? Because you didn't have enough boxes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, Marie de Lit, you know. That, that, that was the thought. <laughs> but that's yeah. what, going back to you, going back to the start, I love, I love that you started with name. Like, and where, where is your name from? And what is the origin of your name? Because that gives you an opportunity to explain some of the stuff that the boxes don't capture. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that is exactly the type of thing that I think that young people are not prepared for. That I feel that I want their parents to be. And I think mm -hmm. that when I opened up the question about what what year, what grade did you have your first black teacher? Um, I asked that question. Hmm. My homeroom teacher. Yeah. In seventh grade. I want to ask that question to everyone. I, I, I'm not technologically savvy. I have all the questions here. And what I wanted to do was link it to um, Facebook. But the, when you go live, it's not the same. Like, you can't. 
you know, obviously, when you're on the desktop, for whatever reason, on the phone, you can't do anything. But first black teacher, they were phone. Okay, Gemini, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so what, do you, what do you feel about <laughs> the, the possibility that you are, the probability and probably the certainty that you are, for a lot of people, their first black teacher? Oh, absolutely. And maybe their first male teacher. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I've, I've like that was like early. That was like twenty years ago. <laughs> Tell me about that because I, you know, I'm I'm curious about. Well, first, well, I mean, it's very different. I mean, I work I worked in um, primarily single single gender spaces also. So, like for me, that's you can tell. Like we walk in, they're like, "You my teacher!" Oh, and I'd be like, "Sit down." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like that's um or or the combination. Maybe not the first male teacher. But the first, you know, male teacher of color, or first black teacher, or first black male teacher, like I, I feel like I've experienced a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And so, so it, to me, I, I'm I feel like very fortunate that that's happened. I think that you whole, are you know? actually. I think that you are. I think that I probably around that age was the first male teachers that I had, but I did not have my first black teacher until I was in um, college. I was. A sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And that absence was was felt. Definitely. Yeah, I'll say the first, like the first, the first teacher of color that I had that made an impact was um, was in college. Um, and when I say like my seventh grade teacher, my homeroom teacher, I mean like that wasn't a class. <laughs> it was like where it you was, go. It was someone in your life, but it was. <laughs> Right, right. Like it was like a lady who took the attendance. Um, so I can't, I can't recall black teachers in high school. So like most meaningful was probably like college, and I, and then probably I don't even remember if they, if they were my professor at the time. Do you think that that had something to do with you going into education? I oh well, my mom is. My mom is a teacher, so that's why. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Representing. You know. Yeah, so like, if you ask my first black teacher, moms. I think so that's, I, that's the answer, though. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like, but that's, I, I, It's hard for me to think about because I never felt like you, you were asking about anti-racist home. Like, I felt not that woke is a word that I would use, but I felt very awake as a child. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I remember my mom taking me to see, um, I tell this story all the time, but my mom taking me and my brother to see the movie Sankofa. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, uh, and I, uh, we went to, we came to 125th Street to see this movie about um, a, a woman who is, tra- a black woman who's brought back into time into slavery. I was probably like eight. Like, at a, on 125th Street, and she was like, this That's is the wild. story this is the story of our, I remember being like, we're the only kids in this movie theater. And she was like, this is, you know, we don't watch this black movie about slavery with slave masters and slave owners and rape scenes and all of it. Just so you know what, what, what is, what happened. And you have some perspective. I probably was eight or nine years old. It was, a, it was the same, it was the same summer that we went to see Boys in the Hood and she covered my eyes. Boys in the Hood. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up Boys in the Hood because that is <laughs> that, was that, that year. <laughs> the era that that consciousness I feel like was raised for me and I think that it was maybe 
Um, it's been coming up a lot too, like that late 80s, early 90s, like that, mm-hmm. that period, I think was crucial to some of my growth and development around identity because there was so much um, in the in the media for me, like as a, a child who, you know, grew up with an African identity to have so much African, Afrocentric anything around in popular well, culture was so huge. Well, to, to your point earlier about like what's happening with young people and children and, and you know, children I think about working with, I think there, there's some level of, you know, as, as much, as much tragedy is happening today, there's some level of, of awakening for these young people about mm-hmm. their, mm-hmm. um, ethnicity and culture and heritage. Like just imagine if you were eight or nine or 10 years old right now, um, I got a video of my godson. He's three and he's like, fight the power, yeah. fight the power. Yeah. And he's three sitting on a, standing on a, uh, on a chair yeah. in his living room, like quarantine, but mad. And I'm like, Dang. I know. Like he's gonna be ready. <laughs> to, think, to think too about you, you know, a, a mutual friend of ours, I won't name her name because um you, um she yeah. doesn't know if she wants me to tell the story, but she took her, her three year old son to the to the protests and he was so hype. Um and you know, her background is Israeli and her husband is Jamaican and for a you know, a little multiracial kid right there. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. To get, like, to get that early education of this is what we do. Right. You know? But that's super important, though. That's what, so that's, I think, uh, subconsciously, that's what shapes you. So, like you like you said, um, like, what, what was I, what was I shaped by? I was shaped by my mom's teaching. So, even if the world around me was, was racist, like, I was learning how to maneuver and like, yes, I think the decisions that we make, like the, the college that I went to is a whole lot of racist, but I was like, I'm going. Because <laughs> like, when, when is the protest popping off? I want to be at a school that happens. I think it's no mistake too, Cass. Like when I think about just even, you you know, you being you in this era and, and, and being, um, you know, the, the, the child and the descendant of in this era with the possibilities to form you around our, you know, this miserable condition on this, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it, I feel like it's empowering. You don't feel like it's empowering? Oh, like, absolutely. It's just so... I mean, that's what we do. That's what we're here, no? It's just so... It, it's it's almost like it reminds me, and I'm, I'm going to get philosophical for one second. The idea that we do come with, with our ancestors' knowledge, right? And so now in teaching children... You know, and having choices to, and and also having, a, you know, a very real, we can draw on was, um, you know, the instruction of our elders. But now we have this other opportunity to do this with a generation, mm-hmm. and we are also in um, a situation in our civilization where community is so important, first of all, but then also distance is a part of the challenge when it's possibly the solution to other things, you know? Mm-hmm. 
it's mm -hmm. um, it seems almost like um, paradoxical. Mm -hmm. And then there's also within that paradox this idea that there's that we've been here before, right? Mm -hmm. So we've had it. We've had spaces before where distance disconnected us, where language disconnected us, um, and, and communities had to be reformed, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm just thinking about how, how to continue these conversations now that it's actually possible to have the conversation beyond the spaces that were so limiting, like beyond those mm -hmm. boxes. Yeah. To have that space to propel the conversation in a different way. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it forces us, the limitations force us to be intentional. Like, that's the way that I see it, right? So it's like, we're, we're talking right now because um, because we're feeling disconnected, right? And so we're using, like, we're like, I need to connect. I'm human, right? But it's like, what do I, what do I connect about? So, you know, there's... When you strip it all away. Yeah. When you take it all away, it's like, all right, well, what's the, what, what are we going to get down to, right? Because we could talk frivolously until we're blue in the face, but that isn't going to change anything. So like, like it forces us to be intentional and we could just like talk about nothing or we could be like, let's get to the point. And so we're like, we're like stripping away to get to the point that like, you know, doesn't matter where you are on planet earth. This is racist, right? This is problematic. This is what, how we got to where we are. And so in order for us to get out of this whole situation, we have to strip away at all of these little pieces, all of these layers. Um, in order to get out of the situation. And, and it's, so, it's funny because some folks are like, oh, I want to go back to what it was like before. And no. many of us are like, I don't no. want to go back to what it was like. And so it's like, all right, well, let me take this little layer off, right? No. This little layer off because I'm like, do I need to stay home? I'm staying home. I'm going to put this in right? Shit. Do shit right here. I'm going to do this to be like, hey, maybe, maybe, when, I, maybe when I'm ready, maybe when the universe tells me we're ready, maybe when God tells me I'm ready, when she pulls open the door, um, we will actually be better because we've like done something that like maybe we were moving too quick or maybe we didn't think we had enough time. Mm -hmm. um, and so we was BSing. Mm -hmm. um, but this forces us to be a little bit more intentional. So I know that, um, and not everybody, but I know my time has been much more intentional the last couple of months. I was like, I'm not, it's, it's funny, I got more time, but I'm wasting less of it. That's fantastic, actually. I mean, that's the thing with, you know, the idea that with, um, with the less space you give me, the more room I've got, you know, because I can mm -hmm. actually, I can trim the fat of what about my life was actually um, uh, not moving with that same purpose, mm -hmm. that same, um, you know, fire. And that actually one of the things that I'm concerned with was there has been a conversation that we as educators have been having with students um, and that other you know, people in our lives have been having with family members and that we've been having with our family members. But then there's also that disconnect that I don't want that web, that chain to become um, where we are not seeing one another and hearing mm -hmm. where we're not visible to one another. Mm -hmm. Because when we get invisible, there's a whole lot of danger there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, but this is a good time for us to sort of examine those, the, like stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like, examine um, how race and racism is playing into our lives as educators, as teachers, as people who work with young people, absolutely, as people who work with families. 
um, like this is a time for us to actually like sit back and talk about it a little bit because we maybe we're moving too fast. Um, we knew it was happening, but maybe we're moving too fast to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's um, I I want to in 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 the in the spirit of being intentional, I want to keep to our time um, and in your time because I could talk with you forever. You know that. Um, <laughs> but I also think this conversation, it, it proves that there there is a conversation happening um, and there is maybe like a kindling or an ember for a few folks that thought that the conversation excluded them. Um, and the conversation... Mm-hmm is exactly welcome to it the conversation is also um inclusive of so many uh, spaces in life um just like i'm experiencing the the burnout of the you know um the fatigue the compassion fatigue of of being there you know um or even the isolation of doing what's normally super engaging in isolation you know, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. also a little bit of a fear of that maybe some of this conversation is is best with an interpersonal connection. So how does this conversation now have to change so that it's it's happening beyond real time, but actually all the time? I, I mean, that's one of my hopes. I mean, that's why I push the button. Yes. I'm so glad you accepted my hand in marriage, Kaz. <laughs> Always. I mean, come on now. I mean, you know, you know, girl. Uh, um, there wasn't a border. There wasn't a border wall between us. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is another. That's another uh, whole podcast segment. No, I, I, I say bad jokes sometimes, but no. Thank you for, thank you for doing this. Um, keep and keep talking. I'm gonna X out. Okay, I love you so much. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay, I don't. Okay, so I'm still here, but I won't be here for very much longer. But um, I want to thank every, anyone who um, was joining this conversation. I'm still not sure if we're going to get cu- kicked off if I'm on too long. But what I wanted to, um, I'm so glad Kaz was able to join because it is a conversation that. Um, that can um, that can be so layered and in so many different spaces in our lives that it's hard to see where to start. It's hard to see where um, maybe if I'm having this conversation um, with my partner, how do I change the language and start having this conversation with my coworkers? And what do I open myself up to when I start to have that conversation if I even want to? Um, and I want to continue the conversation about finding your tribe, opening a dialogue, what to expect when you are um, posing questions that make people uncomfortable just given their, their, the nature and given our, our, our communities um, in need right now. I want to ask you to be open to having this conversation another time with maybe another topic. Today was about talking about being a person who is looking for identity, 
and helping another person. Um, and then also working with young people as they move through those spaces. I want to share some more information with you. So I'd like to ask you to put your email into the comment thing so that I can reach out next time we talk um, and also get your thoughts. I want to address a conversation about um, talking in this way about your identity in terms of having that growth of understanding while those around you are struggling or maybe while those around you are in denial because I think that might be something that we are we're um, as a collective going to be dealing with right now where some of us are moving and some of us like we were talking about some of us are past that um, and it's kind of catch-up time for other folks um, but where to put your energy so that you're not exhausted um, and where to maybe um, reserve your strength um, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> I will um, say thank you for joining me for way too long. I am so sorry that I was um, uh, very uh, verbose the entire time. Thank you so much, Kaz, for joining and adding an extra oomph to what we were uh, discussing. Thank you so much for the comments that I'm seeing. Um, and I can't wait to continue this conversation. Follow me on whatever. I don't even... I'm, I'm not an um, influencer. I don't have all that stuff, like, memorized. But if you found me, find me again. I love you so much. No, honestly, I do. And I want to talk to you more. So let's talk again soon. Um, and have a wonderful day ahead of you. And I'll talk again. <laughs>